When you think of church, what comes to mind? A place, maybe a building, or maybe fellowship, or holiness. Maybe it's the music, a pastor, or food, or even a gathering. Those things may be included, but it isn't the church. The church is made up of you, the people. Through you, the people, many have found hope in Jesus Christ. In 2015, our church attendance averaged 1,510 per week. 135 people made a commitment to membership by attending Discover New Hope, and 76 new people committed to serving. In 2015, 14 small groups were started. 280 high school students attended our Legacy Hawaii District Youth Camp here at New Hope last summer. 1,388 total volunteer hours were given by our junior helpers in our children's ministry. Our YouTube channel received 15,044 views last year, totaling 143,365 minutes watched. But the greatest of all these numbers come down to these last two. We had a total of 86 water baptisms and a total of 606 salvations, all made possible because God uses ordinary people like you and me to bring hope to the world. People may call you crazy or poor or useless, or they may even say you're no good, loser, or you're finished. But Jesus, Jesus calls you his church, the bride of Christ, his temple, his body, and he will build his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It is through you, the church, that Jesus brings hope to the world. So I want to say thank you as the church for all that you do and who you are. It's the greatest hope in the world that God would use people to bring hope in the world. Because think about it. Where else is this message, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, where else is it going to come from? God is going to use ordinary people like you and I to do extraordinary things for him. And that's who Jesus is making us to be. He's building his church. And so sometimes we think, well, church is, and we use it in that way. Church is, you know, I'm going to go to church, and, and so that's fine. In fact, we're going to be using that word kind of interchangeably, church as in us as the people, and church as in where we go, or, or the body of Christ, the, the gathering uh, when we come together. So we're going to hear those kind of two uh, definitions of the word church. But really, when it comes down to it, God is using individual people and groups of people to bring hope into this world. You have that message. God gave that to you. Now you might be thinking, but I don't know God, so, but I come to church. I don't know him yet. Am I still the church? No, you're not. And here's why. And not to sound negative, but it, 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 there's a definition to the word church that Jesus gave so that we can understand the functioning of the church. And in our world today, maybe we have a mis. Uh, maybe a, a, a warped definition of what church is because maybe we have not heard the correct definition of church. And so we think church is a place we go to, it's a building, and although included, it doesn't make up the church because without people, there's just a, an empty building, just land and a, a, a parking lot. But without the building, 
without the parking lot, without the land, you still have the church. And that's one of the reasons why Jesus said what he said, that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's something that he's building, something that he's doing. We're continuing in our series, Hope is Alive, and, and as we talk about hope and, and the church being the hope of the world, we're going to find that it's not our past, nor what we're doing presently, that is the main concern to Jesus Christ. His main concern is where we're actually heading. Because in everything that we do for him, he's, he's always adjusting us along the way. He'll, he'll always adjust our heart. He'll give us a bigger picture of who we are in him. And so that's what we want to kind of look at today, that we're going to be the church that he's making us to be, not just for us, not so that we can become so-called better people or better followers, but so that we can bring hope into the world. I mean, where else is the world going to find hope? It's not going to be on the news. It's not going to be in worldwide politics. It's not going to be policies that are passed and laws. It's going to be through the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news that we are forgiven by God's grace and mercy, and now we have eternal life in him. You can't get any better than that. We have a place, a destination that we're heading to. We have heaven to look forward to. That's good news. And so I'm going to ask if you would take out your notes, if you're going to uh, write down some notes. It's in your bulletin. Uh, and it will also have the scriptures to help you to follow along. And if you're new today, we want to say welcome. And, and that will help you also to uh, keep track on where we're at today. But I really, I really want to encourage you today as the church in who you are and how, who God is making you to be so that... In the days that go by and even as the years go by, as we get discouraged in life, because we will, or even in this world when you get discouraged, because we will, that we will never forget our purpose as the church, as being used by the Lord and as being the body of Christ. Now, it seems kind of weird that the Bible would call us the body of Christ. It seems kind of almost uh, religious. But the reason why Jesus says it like that is because just like a human body, you know, he's speaking in a term that we can understand, like a human body with different members has different functions. And so it is with the body of Christ, we have different functions that God is going to use us in various ways. But all together as the body of Christ... When we're operating in our abilities that God has given to us, it could be our gifting, it could be in the way he created us, in whatever it is, we're functioning in unity when we're doing what God has created us to do. Unity is not all churches coming together or all believers coming together. Unity is when we do what God has called us to do as individuals as well as churches. We all have different assignments. And if we all had one assignment then we're really paralyzed because we can only do one thing. But as the body of Christ being spread like salt into the world adds flavor to the world and brings hope to the world. So you are the church. The person next to you, they're the church. And you might look at them and say, that's not the church. That's not the church. No, you are the church. Just look at the person next to you. Just say, yeah, you're the church. So if... If, if someone doesn't like church, you know what they're saying? I don't like you. That's what they're saying. Because church, church is made up of people. It's, it's not going to be the building. It is the people. 
In his book called The Holy Spirit, and the tagline is, so what's the big idea? Jerry Cook writes this about the church. They were common people going about their common life with uncommon power and purpose. In fact, we're reading in the book of Acts right now, if you're doing your devotions with us, and we're watching the power of God giving the church purpose to bring the gospel into the whole world. He continues in his book, they were living proof that Jesus was the Christ and that he was still very much present. It was left to the Apostle Paul to meld together the teaching of Jesus and the ministry of the Holy Spirit through his followers. His letters are not only commentaries of the life of Christ, they also are the structures that connect Jesus' remarkable years in Palestine with his continuing presence and power through the believers. Paul identifies these believers as the church, the called out ones. This church, Paul describes as the body of Christ, the fullness of him. The audacity of these disciples of Jesus had engendered his hatred or kind of caused up some hatred. This, he vowed to put an end to the entire movement on his way to accomplishing his goal, talking about Paul, the apostle. Well, before he became Paul, he was a man named Saul. And now, on his way to accomplishing his goal to persecute Christians, he was accosted by Jesus himself and experienced the raw power and awe of his presence. That one event transformed Paul's brilliant but misdirected mind and turned it to understand as no one else the remarkable person but turned it, to, uh, turned it to understand, as no one else, the remarkable person, Jesus Christ. Paul helps us understand what it meant to be the body of Christ on planet Earth. He explains her power. He describes her character. He explains how she is to be equipped, how and why she is to gather. He speaks in detail of the methods of her ministry. When I'm talking about the church, I am not addressing it as a structure or a beautiful cathedral, ancient or modern. Nor am I referring to its institutions, forms, clergy, rituals, or standards. I am not concerned with the forms of something called church. Rather, my focus is the church as a very human expression of God's presence in our world. Jesus did not live, die, and return in the Spirit so an institution called Christianity could be born. He does not redeem buildings or, or organizational structures. That we have such things is not particularly sinful and is to some extent inevitable, even needful. But we must understand that any structure is to be vehicular to a greater purpose. It cannot become the purpose. We don't build a beautiful car to simply bask in its beauty. We must be able to take we must be able to take, the car must be able to take us to our destination or it becomes a museum piece to look at but not touch. So imagine, let's just say if you're going to Disneyland and you're on your family vacation and you go into this bus that's going to take you to Disneyland and the bus is kind of like church. You go into the bus, you sit down on the nice comfortable chair, air conditioned, people around you and you sit there and it's comfortable. You can even fall asleep in the bus. It's nice and pleasant. But that's not the idea 
of the bus. The bus is not there so that you just stay in the bus. The bus is there to take you somewhere. He continues in his book. Structure is necessary. But it must always emerge out of our passion for mission reaching our destination. The vehicle must never be the mission. The vehicle is expendable. Being in the presence of Jesus in the world is essential. If we are to be the active presence of Jesus in our world, we must have his power available in a practical form. Jesus made provision for this. And he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Paul explains what this power looks like in the life of the church. It is important to see that he is describing a force already present. He is not trying to get the power started. He is instructing and correcting, not initiating. He writes so we may better understand and correctly use this divine energy in our daily practice. See, the Holy Spirit comes so that we can function as the church. The Holy Spirit doesn't come to have some kind of weird feeling or move into fanaticism. The Holy Spirit's power is so that we can do what the church was designed to do. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In fact, Jesus said that. Look at your notes. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Jesus says this to Peter. I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This is the greatest news for anyone who is a part of the church or who is new to the church. And maybe you just came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's also good news for anyone searching for a church or searching to be a part of the family of God. It's great news. It's because the greatest news is that it is not man who is building the church. It is Jesus Christ himself who is building the church. So when we say, you know, we're, we're, we're gathering together and, and we're going to go to church, Jesus is doing that. He's building us up. He's doing something on the inside that we, we want to be a part of. There's something in us that says, I want to do something great. It's there because you're the church. And there is no greater purpose than being the church. You bring hope to the world when no one else can and nothing else can. There's nothing like the church when the church is working right. Nothing like it. No organization can top it. The church brings hope to the world. Jesus uses his body to bring hope to the world. So what is church? Well, let's, let's look at that word church. It's actually a Greek word that is used, ekklesia. It means a gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public place, an assembly, the whole body of Christians scattered throughout the earth. So it's actually taken from two words. The first word is ek, E-K. Uh, that means out of. That's actually that word, that Greek word ek, E-K, is where we get the word exit. These exit signs that you see around here. It means to go out. So that first part of ecclesia is to go out of. The second word, kaleo, it's almost like the Hawaiian word. It means to be called or to bear a name or an identity or a title. So the church means the called out ones. We gather together, but we're called out. We, we, we learn together from the Word of God, but then we go out and apply it in the world so that people can find hope. 
Because we have the greatest hope in Jesus Christ. So how, how can people find hope through the church? See, I, I, I understand this, that every person can find hope through the church by accurately understanding what church is. And here are three things that we're going to look at, just some basic principles of what the church is. And here's the first thing. Church is Jesus' followers everywhere. Everywhere. Jesus' followers everywhere. Now, many people think that church is and they kind of have their own perspective, maybe a, a different view of it. And so they think of church in their own way and have different perspectives. But the Bible gives us a specific definition of what the church is and what the church isn't. Some people think, well, uh, church is when I go to the beach. I, 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 go, I go in church. You guys can go there. I'm going to go to the beach. That's my church. Because, because God is everywhere. So if I'm at the beach... I'm having church. And I understand what they're saying because, yeah, church is not a place you go to. Church is something you are. But there is a difference between going to the beach as a called out one and gathering together as the saints with a purpose to be called out. Some people will say, no, 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 my, my church is when I go to the park and I just sit in God's presence and, and that's fine. But God never created the church to be individualism. We're not called the arm of Christ. We're called the body of Christ. You may be an arm of reaching out to people, but we gather together as the body of Christ so that when we go out there as individuals, we represent a larger body. We represent the Lord. So we're not going to places and saying, that's my church. That's inaccurate. Now, if you meet at the beach as the church, totally different. But if I'm going surfing and in the water, I'm saying, this is my church. I love church. I would love church too if that was my church. But it's an inaccurate definition of what church is. Church can be almost misconstrued because of the media or what has happened with uh, many churches that have gone astray or fall out or leadership going bad. And so I can see how people can say, I don't want to go there. I'm just going to, I'm going to, it's just going to be me and God and the Bible. Now we got to be very careful about that because that's exactly what the enemy wants. He wants us to be isolated from the body of Christ. If he can sever our, our uh, a part of the body off and leave it to itself, it'll eventually die. And so he'll give us tons of reasons and excuses to sever ourselves from the body of Christ. He says, you can operate by yourselves. You don't have to worry about anybody else. You don't need to be accountable. You don't have to change. You don't have to get better. You can, you can just be on your own. And look, it's fun. And God still loves you, which is absolutely correct. God still loves you. But you still die as a believer. That's why we, we must stay connected, not severed. Sometimes I'll hear people say, you know, I, I, um, this is not happening for me. Church is not my thing. And I, I, I ask, so what, what is happening in you that causes you not to say church is not your thing? They say, well, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't, this is not happening. I don't, I don't like that. So I'd rather just do it myself. 
And so when I kind of dig a little further, what I'm finding is God is trying to do something here in the heart, and the only way that's possible is to be connected to the body of Christ. Oh, I don't like so-and-so. I don't like this person. I don't like that person. So I'm I'm just not going to go to church at all. Well, what is happening with this person and that person and this person? Because there's a common denominator here. What is God doing in you through this person and that person and this person? Because God will, he'll, it's almost like chess, that game board, that, that God would say, I want the very best for you, so I need to, this is the only way that it's going to help your heart, because I see your future. You, this needs to change in order for you to receive this. All of my promises are here. Here's where you are. Don't go this direction or that. Go this direction, because this is where my promises and blessings are, but I need to move you here. And sometimes we just don't like that. And God is saying, you're the church. You're the hope of the world. If you don't have hope, what hope do the rest of, does the world have that don't know me? You know me. And you're already bailing out. You're the hope of the world. People are going to look to you to find me. That's who they're going to see. It's going to be my life in yours in the world so people can find me. And it's his followers everywhere. At work, especially at home, but everywhere we go, wherever we travel. You know, we have, we have the freedom in this country to be believers, Christians, followers of Jesus Christ. We can worship together like this and we're, we fall under our First Amendment. That we have the freedom of religion the freedom to choose, we can do that. But not all countries have that benefit. But it still doesn't mean you cannot be the church in a place that doesn't allow the freedom of worship. You can still be the church. You can still bring hope to people. You may get arrested, but you can still bring hope to people. The gates of hell cannot prevail against it. No one can stop you from bringing hope to the world. They can try. But you are the light of the world, Christ says, that you bring hope to the world. That's you, the church, wherever you go. You're the people. You bring good news to people everywhere. You have a story in your life. God gave each and every one of us a story to, lived out, to be lived out every single day. And so when people see you, when people see me, they eventually should at least see a little bit of Jesus Christ, a little bit. Maybe if they've known you for a while and they start to see some changes, they'll say, something is different about you. What is different? Well, I gave my heart to Christ. Ah, that's what it is. Because I used to think, man, something wrong, man. You used to be like this. You used to be like that. But now you're different. Like you're so mellow and you're so kind. What you trying to say? No, you just, you're different now. But that's Jesus Christ being displayed for people because now he lives in us. So what if you don't believe in Jesus Christ? What does God do with that? I mean, if, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ and, and you're not part of the so-called church, then how, does, how do I find hope if I don't know Christ? Well, Paul the apostle, he was raising up this young uh, protege called Timothy. And this is what he did in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. Paul says this, for this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. 
So what Paul did is he said, yeah, for those of you who are not part of the church, for those of you who do not know Jesus yet, I'm sending Timothy. So even if you don't know Jesus Christ, God will send people your way, or you're here today and and you're hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. But for us as the church, God will send you to people who do not know him. Imagine that, that he's going to use the followers to be the good news everywhere that we go. Our lives should be a reminder of Jesus Christ. And the question is, are your ways, are the way you do things, how you speak to people, in person, on the phone, through email, does it remind people of Jesus? Or does it remind people of us, just who we are? Because it doesn't matter if people live in your house or are halfway around the globe. The truth is we represent the Lord. We are, we are Christ's followers. We are the church everywhere we go. We don't turn it off and on. It's everywhere we go. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20 says that now then we are, his, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. In other words, what Paul the Apostle is saying is you are an ambassador. You represent Jesus Christ. It's like uh, the United States ambassador to France. When, when that United States ambassador goes to France, he or she doesn't say, I can let loose. No one knows me here. I'm in France. I can, I can do whatever I want. No, why? Because you're an ambassador to the United States of America. In other words, however you are in France is a reflection of the United States of America. No matter where you and I go as believers is a reflection of Jesus Christ. Because we are citizens of heaven. We are Christ's ambassadors. We represent him to the rest of the world. Did you know that God can actually orchestrate certain things in life so that those who are far from God, which is our vision to reach people far from God, one relationship at a time, that God can organize things so that this person can find hope through the church, through us. However it's going to be orchestrated. It could be, it could be uh, someone that you may not get along with. And for some reason, now you work with them. And God is saying, I need you to be the church to this person because they're never going to come to church. So i got to bring the church to them. Can you be my ambassador and love on them, give them grace? No, no God, I don't like because they're irritating me. But God is saying, that's the only way they're going to find hope. Who else is going to do it? Send my mother. No, you're, I'm sending you. God sees so much value in the church that he says, I'm going to put you there. We may kick and scream. We may say, I don't want to. But God's greater purpose is greater than us. We're his body. We represent him. We are his ambassadors. And he's going to use us to reach people for him. When our family went to Disneyland, uh, all of our, you know, our, our family, children, and everything, uh, we were on this big rapid ride. I think it was called uh, the uh, Big Bear Mountain Ride. So you get into this big raft and maybe eight or ten of you can fit in there and you're going down these rapids. Well, we're going down these rapids and, and as we're coming down, we can see our dad. He's, he's sitting down and we can see him from a distance and he has this kind of hat on like a, one of those straw hats. And so we see him and we start calling him, Dad! Dad! And 
he's sleeping. He's just leaning against the pole and sleeping. And so we're calling him, Dad! Well, finally, someone who was next to him kind of bumped him and said, Hey, I think they're calling you. He gets up, he looks, he looks at us, he sees us. We're like, Dad! He looks at the person, I don't know them. And he goes back to sleep. <laughs> and as we get closer, we're like, Dad! And he kind of looks at us and kind of smirks at us. And I, I thought, you know, basically what he was saying to them is, I don't like know them. These, they, they, that's crazy people. I don't, I don't want to know those crazy people. And although in fun, I thought about, I want to represent God so much that he says, yes, that's, that's my people. I don't ever want God to kind of look up and say, oh, no, I don't know them. And then go back, you know. <laughs> and although he doesn't do that, I kind of put that in my mind that the Bible actually says, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Those are strong words. And so I, I, I liken it to who Jesus called us to be, that we represent him, that we are his, his ambassadors. Because there's nothing like the church when the church is working right. Here's the second thing, that the church carries an eternal hope, eternal purpose. The church, you, we carry an eternal purpose with us as a believer you carry that eternal purpose. So every situation you find yourself in, good or bad, God has an eternal purpose in it. In the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 15, the Bible tells us, How can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. The question is, are we bringing, are we bringing people good news? Are we bringing good news with us? Because people who carry good news, it shows. I mean, you, you don't come home from just getting a raise or, or you just got your new job or you got hired or, or you excelled in something or you did great in school. You don't come home distraught and you walk in, oh, hey, what happened? Got a raise. <laughs> really? You've been looking out for that. You've been, you've been working so hard for it. Yeah, doubled my salary. Depressing. No, you, when you have good news, you're coming in. I'm, I'm buying dinner for everyone. What happened? Got a raise. I mean, we're all eating, you know, 99 cents burgers, but I got a raise. And, and so you feel good about it because you're bringing good news. Believers in Jesus Christ should be the most joyful people on the face of this planet. We should be the most joyful people. When people see us, they should see the joy of the Lord. Because we have an eternal purpose. We have hope. When I, when I first was dating Heidi, every single day was a happy day. Every single day. And then we got married. And wait, hang on. The story continues. Hold on. Whew, sound bad. And then every day got better after that. That's what I was going to say. My goodness. It's sweating. Every day got better. And, and so when I would introduce her to people, I would say, this is Heidi. This is my wife. With joy. Not, it's my old lady. Yes, it's my old lady. How long have you guys been together? 30 years. You know, it's, I got to do that with joy. And that's the first thing Heidi said. Listen, when we were married, don't you ever call me your old lady. This old lady can broke your face. So she didn't say that. But she probably could. Yeah. But I, I think when we have this joy in our hearts, the way we express ourselves is going to show what's on the inside. 
And because of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, people should see that. Because we have an eternal purpose. Everything we do, everything we do as believers is different than the way of the world. Everything we do has eternal value to it, an eternal purpose. We don't just do stuff to do stuff. You don't just go to work to get a paycheck. You used to do that. But now you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. You do things differently. You think differently. You behave differently. Not for performance sake, but because you carry an eternal hope. You do things differently. You function differently. You do, do, you do things differently as, as, as a, in a relationship. In your marriage, you're, you're now the hope of the world. No one else carries that title. Only believers do. You bring that hope to the world. There's an eternal hope attached to every single human believer that believes in Jesus Christ. Are we bringing good news to people? Or are we more concerned about our own news or our own agenda or our own purposes? See, when we live like Jesus, all the things we used to do in church are now things we do as the church. Like in church, we're well-behaved. We smile, we love each other, we hug, we say thank you, please, and we're, we're nice to each other, we're good. But that's just practice for the world. It's just, it's just practice. That's why, did you know how, do you know how important it is when we greet each other in the morning? Now, I know some of you hate that part. You're like, I go in after we greet each other because I just don't like that part. I don't like hugging people. I get germs or the guy stink or whatever it is. I, don't, I just don't want to hug, you know. I don't like, you know, touch the guy's armpit. I don't like that. So, hey, whatever it is, okay, that's, that's you and I understand that. <laughs> some of you are like, I don't like how this church now, guys, with pits. We... In, in the morning when we greet each other, it's so that we, as believers, understand that we are the family of God. That's why we, we greet each other not like how we used to. We greet each other in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. So if you just come from work and you're all sweaty and, yeah, you got a bait, just give someone a bump fist. They will appreciate that. But at least you're saying hi. Give them a high five, something. You don't have to hug everyone. Just say hi. In fact, we do that here in Hawaii, don't we? When our children are growing up and we're leaving auntie's house or grandma's house, hey, kiss everybody. 50 people. Kiss them all. <laughs> honey, honey. Honey, honey. Hey, you miss auntie over there in the corner. She's sleeping. Kiss her forehead. Like, just, you got you to gotta let everyone know you're leaving. So some of you, big family, you got to, when you get there, you start leaving. It takes you that long just to leave. We do that because we're family. It's no different than the family of God. That's why we greet each other. Because we're greeting each other in the name of the Lord. Different than before. Because we carry an eternal purpose. And when you have that eternal purpose, God uses you for eternal reasons. That everything we do is connected to a soul. And the last thing is that God will use the church to bring hope to the world. And everyone has a, everyone has a different, I guess, personality. I guess you could call it that. Everyone has a different perspective 
But once we come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, now he says, I'm going to use you in your personality and refine you so that it becomes my personality, but still with your kind of your flavor. Some of you are like real outgoing. You can just meet people. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, my name is Sheldon. Nice to meet you. What's your name? Oh, nice to meet you. Yeah, great. Hey, so what are you guys doing this afternoon? Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Oh, who are you going for? You can do that. Some of you are very shy, and you see someone, you're like, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like, and, and, and that's fine. God can use the outgoing person as well as the person who may be an introvert to reach everyone. You may be a, I, I just tell it as it is type of person. I just tell it as it is. I just tell them the truth. I don't care to get hurt. I don't care to get mad. I just tell it as it is. Why? Because I love them. So I love them to death. I will tell it how it is. God can even use your personality, believe it or not, to bring hope to the world. But it's not going to be your personality. He's going to change you, but still keep you, but a better you. So instead of just, I just tell people as it is and too bad, it's, you know what, I, I want to be open with them. I want to be honest with them. I want to love them towards Christ. So you're still the same person in the way God is making you to be, but you're a better you in whatever your personality is because now it's going to be his personality mixed in with ours to become the best personality for him. In other words, when we talk with people in whoever we're going to reach, people are going to see Christ in the end. But he needs each individual to reach the entire world because we're not all the same. We're not going to reach the same people. We're all going to reach different types of people because of your personality, because of your like-mindedness, your interests. You're going to connect with people, and God is going to use you to bring hope to the world. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus says it like this, and this is after he died and rose from the grave, speaks to his disciples, and he said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And he says, Amen, or so be it. Jesus was already given the picture of you're going to bring hope to the world. You're going to teach people, baptize them. Everything I taught you, you're going to do that with them. You're going to teach them everything I taught you. In other words, he's saying, the hope that I gave to you, you're going to now bring that to the world. Every single person. And even here at New Hope, everything we do, I always tell our staff, everything we do has purpose and value to it. Everything is attached to a soul. Everything. Even the bulletins, when we make these bulletins, our graphics team, they think these things through so that when the new person comes in or someone who doesn't know Jesus We did this on purpose so that the new person, as they read it, feels value. Welcome to New Hope Hilo Hawaii. It's a welcome to you as an individual. Everything we do has that purpose with it. Our our solar system, our photovoltaic system, we kind of celebrated a couple Wednesdays ago, but I want to let you know it's up and running, and it is awesome. So... I don't, I don't know what it is like right now, but even with 
uh, overcast like this because we got the best of the best of the panels. In fact, I believe Apple headquarters, uh, they're using the same panels. So we just, we wanted the best of the best for future generations as well as for our community. The other day, I think it was a Friday, I checked it and we were producing energy for our community because we weren't using that much of it. I think it was like 92 kilowatts going into our community. And so our meter wasn't even moving. We were just producing energy for people. And I thought about the purpose of it. It's not to produce energy. and That's the benefit of it. But it's really so that the finances that we would normally use for our electric bill can be poured back into the ministries so that we can go into mission and and reach people for Jesus Christ so that more people can find Christ. People far from God can, can find God. Everything we do has that value to it because God is going to use every single person to bring hope to the world. I think when I, when I think about the church and you, the people, I am so grateful because without your support, prayers, and, and your, your giving to God, not too many people would find hope. I mean, we just saw some of the statistics of what you did. You know, when we read those statistics on people coming to know the Lord, people getting baptized, that's not a pastor thing. That's a we thing. That's you. You are included in this. That you make this possible for a person to find eternal life. You have that much value to you. That one day when we get to heaven... God is going to kind of tap you on the shoulder and say, you see all those people? Yeah, they're here because of what you did. We may not see that now because we're doing this all for the glory of God. And believe me, one day as we glorify God in heaven, we're going to take a look back on all the things that we did for him and then understand the bigger picture. You bring hope to the world. And Jesus wants to continue to do that and build his church. You as the church, the larger church, you know, other churches and, and believers around the world. We have always stood the test of time. The church has never died. It still continues on. And it exists today because it's Jesus who is building his church. And the gates of hell will not, cannot, nor will it ever prevail against it. You, the church, are that powerful in this world. So bring hope to the world. Amen. You can close your Bibles and your, put away your notes. And we're going to pray. Grayson, you can come to the keyboard. Let's bow our heads for a moment and, and let's just thank God for, for who he is. Lord, we, we are grateful. Thank you for building us as the church. It's not a man-made thing. It's an eternal thing built by you. That we are the called out ones. Lord, the people sitting next to us, they're valuable to you. That you're building them up to bring hope into this world, starting with our very own lives. Some of us, maybe we've been feeling a little uneasy about life and maybe we've been going through some things, but you still bring hope to us. Maybe there are some this morning that you've never given your heart to Jesus, but you want to be a part of the church, the called out ones, to to have a greater purpose than just existing in this world. And you feel that. You, You feel that tug on your heart. You know that there's something greater. And that greater is Christ the hope of glory. And if you've never received Jesus, I want to pray with you today. 
And if you want to say yes to the Lord today, just lift a hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here, you're saying, I want to give Jesus my heart. Good. Anyone, anyone else? Okay, God sees you right here. God sees your hand. God sees you back there. Yeah, God sees you right there. God bless you. Yeah, you want to give your heart to Christ. God sees you back there. Yeah, back there, right here. God sees you right here. Yeah, God sees you. He hears your heart, your prayers. Yeah, God sees you. Yeah, right here, back there. God sees you. It's never too late to say yes to Jesus. put your hands down let's pray this prayer together in fact we can all say this together even if you prayed this time and time again it's just a reminder of the life that God has given to us let's pray together heavenly father thank you for Jesus forgive me of my sins wash me clean and make me brand new I believe you died on the cross and you rose again to give me eternal life. And so I thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord, that's our prayer today. Thank you for calling us your church and for building us up. May we bring hope to this world by bringing the good news of Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. And we all said, Amen. Amen.